0: Hello, dear Hank and John listeners. I'm still all alone. Mostly, I have no reason to talk to my brother. I know that I could call him, but why would I? Because usually we have a podcast that we record together, and that's when I call him, but now I don't have that excuse. And so here I am feeling lost and alone in the waves cast about by the desperation of, you know, existing mostly on the social internet in 2019. This is, however, a real life thing that happened in the real world. And we did that in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where there are many excellent questions from our listeners. What a fun time it was. We're going to do more live shows soon. Uh, A note, though, this podcast got cut off at the end, and I don't know why. But before the outro, there's going to be the whole podcast, so that's going to start right now. Hello, hello, and welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and also quiz each other in true/false questions because. We don't really know what the news from AFC Wimbledon and Mars is this week. We've been too busy. John. I know the news from AFC Wimbledon. They tied 1-1 against Accrington Stanley. It's a humiliation. I'm very sorry to hear about that. John. Yes. Did you hear that the mayor of St. Paul made large soft drinks illegal? Oh, I I think I know where this is going. Now you have to get a Minnesota. No, don't. Don't applaud. I mean... The, the, it encourages the, him. The biggest thing about like, them applauding right now is that you have to have heard that joke. Yeah. Well, the, the only reason they haven't heard it is, is because it's not called soda here. <laughs> uh, as a fellow resident of, of the Middle West, I, I, I feel like it's my obligation to stand up for pop. <laughs> Both as, a, both as a description of uh, fizzy drinks, as well as in general for p- pop culture, which right. I, I feel has been greatly maligned by the, those people who don't live in flyover country. And meanwhile, we get to like properly and unironically enjoy lots of wonderful art that is made for people, which I just think is great. Like I Like, Old Town Road is a great song, and if you don't agree with me, I'll fight you. Like, I'm... <laughs> It's a, I will. <laughs> I will bring it. We're not having any fights at our live events. That's not the kind of show this is, and we're the, not the no, kind hey, of YouTubers Hank, we are. Hank, Hank, you're absolutely right. But after the show, dude, <laughs> meet me out back. We'll have Sean. a dance. We'll have a dance off. <laughs> Go go go! West Side Story on it. All right, let's answer some questions from our listeners. You have all of them. Oh, good. That's that's if how not, I like it. You've not handed me my questions. <laughs> all right. Um, our first question. So we're gonna we're gonna answer some of the questions that you submitted either on on these pieces of paper or by emailing us in advance of the show. Our first question comes from AJ. Oh, an important thing about this is that we had people submit the songs that they would like to play. Uh, when the ambulance is taking them to the hospital, rather than a siren, this is my million-dollar idea. I think that everyone should be able to submit a song that they wish to have played as their siren song. It's called Siren Songs. That's the name of the. That's business. new. That's the name of my business. Came up with that. Siren Songs LLC. SirenSongs.com. SirenSongs.biz. I've got the whole thing locked down. Every time you update your medical information, you can also update your siren song if your music tastes change, etc. So AJ's ambulance song, or siren song, is uh, Praying by Kesha, both because it uh, would help me get some much-needed spiritual energy, and because that song's high note is essentially an actual ambulance siren. And AJ writes Dear John and Hank, if traditional investment seems a little iffy at the moment, what are some unconventional but excellent investments we can make now in order to survive a financial downturn? Dubious advice is especially welcome. John. That's is, the only kind we got, yeah. AJ. Especially in this particular circumstance, I've got a little bit for you. What if Siren Songs takes investment? Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to grow so fast, and then we're going to sell to Universal Music Group. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's a great investment opportunity, so that's one, obviously. I would say the biggest investment opportunity that's out there right now um, is owning uh, 2 or 3% of a third-tier English soccer club called AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> we are looking uh, for w- what Hank earlier referred to, I, I thought rather uh, smartly, as people with docs. <laughs> if you've got a doc... John's got a soccer team to sell you. We I know a big doc. AJ, there's a lot of kinds of investment, right? Like there's the kinds of investment that will give you a financial return. Those are not interesting. And then there are the kinds of investments <laughs> that will give you an emotional return. Those are interesting. And that's why you should put all of your money in AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> Every dollar. Empty out your 401k, bet big, go hard. Also, if there's anything actual to take out of this, it's always good to invest in yourself if there are things that you can do, whether that's taking new skills, like getting, getting skills that you didn't have before, trying things out on your own, uh, working with people, trying like going to school. Going to school during a recession is great. It's, uh, it's sort of the thing to do. You don't want to graduate into a recession, but it's great to just be in school during one. I graduated into a recession, and it was kind of unpleasant for, mm-hmm. yeah. Not recommended. Also, please remember that um, you know things are gonna be fine. Most things, things are not gonna be fine in the long run, obviously. For you as an individual. Or for the species, but then things are also not gonna be fine in probably in like the short, short run. But there is a medium run in which things are gonna be fine. <laughs> How long will it be? Nobody knows. We got another question. Uh, it was written in crayon and it does not appear to have a name, no it does have a name, it's from Adam. It's from Adam. And it says, first it says, I dislike cream cheese at the top, but then it's been scratched out. <laughs> I dislike cream cheese, no I don't want to ask that, instead Adam has asked, do I really need to change my underwear every day? <laughs> and I, Adam, I, I, I'm going to guess at your age, <laughs> either you're like 26, <laughs> Or you're like seven. Great handwriting either way. And we don't want to know any more specifics about Adam because we don't, well, this is why we don't have last names on the cards. The answer to your question, Adam, is if you're seven, you change clothes as often as your parents tell you to. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm, my kids listen to the pod, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking to introduce nuance into the question. <laughs> <laughs> Of how often it's necessary to change change one's underwear. Uncle Hank here. <laughs> uh, you should change. Don't do this. Your underwear as often as your parents say. But you don't need no, a new pair of underwear do not. every day. No. No, Henry, Alice, <laughs> change your underwear every day. Uh, look. And if you're here's, here's my here's my underwear changing policy. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it all on the table. <laughs> Err on the side of caution, which is also my overall worldview. Sure. I, you know, I couldn't, I can't tell you how often I change underwear, John. It's not entirely clear to me. Oh my God. Oh, I want to go in a time machine, but the only thing I want the time machine to do is to take me back right before that moment. It's only a we few have another question. people that know about that. We have another it's question. Fine. We have another question. We have another question and then everybody who listens to the podcast when it comes out we have another question this one comes from stacy whose ambulance song is tonight tonight by the smashing pumpkins it's a bold choice stacy (laughs) yeah before the build-up everybody's just going to be like what do you want me to do go to sleep right yeah nobody's going to get out of the way of tonight tonight yeah Dear John and Hank, while going through the self-checkout line at some stores, you are asked at the kiosk to select if you brought your own bag, and you can get a very modest discount for doing so. Most of the time when I go through the self-checkout line, though, I'm only purchasing one or two items, like a frozen pizza and a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> put it off I want to have your life. <laughs> I don't need a bag. I can carry my purchase out of the store. My question is, can I claim this discount if I opt out by not using a bag at all? Or put another way, am I a bag? Yeah, no. I mean, we're that's all, it. we don't have any jokes for that answer. Yeah. We just really liked the question. We're yeah, we're all bags. Everybody's we're all just bags. <laughs> yeah, I we're mean, just bags of water. Well, just just a big bag of soup. That's what it made me think about. Like oh, we're we're like a, we're like skin encased soup. So like we are a bag that carries around all of the soup. Mm-hmm. But there's like, it's, there's something meta about it, because we're also a bag that can carry other items. Yeah, we're right. both We're, we're a... both an exterior and an interior bag, yeah. and in that sense, I think we might be unique among bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, among the many unique things that humans, humans are unlike anything else, we are also... We're both kinds of bag. We're, yeah, we're different from any other kind of bag. But yeah, you're definitely a bag, and if anybody at like Target ever gives you a hard time, I, I said Target, by the way, because I know that they have their headquarters here, and I'm, and I'm just desperate for any kind of brand deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> if you work at Target and you want to see someone sell their soul, please email me. <laughs> Uh, 2019 mini tour brought to you by Target. <laughs> just put it right up no, we'll there. Oh, just be, yeah, we'll be like uh, yeah, the Target Tour starring Hank and John Target. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change, I'll change my last name. I'm not above it. <laughs> we got a lot of money to raise, but yeah, you, no, you're good. And if anybody ever gives you a hard time, you just very calmly look at them and say, "Oh, I took the five cent discount because I don't know if you know about this, but I am a bag." <laughs> And I guarantee you that ends the conversation. <laughs> this next uh comes from Shelby who asks, what encouragement would you give to a seventh grade English teacher or anybody who works with teenagers who just wants their students to be kind to each other? Well, there's also the little misspelling at the top here and then Shelby has just written a curse word an exclamation at the top. I'm like. Come on, you're a teacher. Oh, it might be a little bit of a stressful time though, you know, back to school, teaching seventh grade the single most difficult job known to humans. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember being a seventh grade, uh, seventh grader and if you wanted to make me be a more thoughtful human, uh, you would have a tall order. <laughs> I, I don't know that, that there is a strategy for that that would uh, not include uh, things that would not be allowed by the state. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, Shelby. First off, thank you. I feel like we should always be thanking teachers and librarians for being the most important <laughs> professionals in our, in our social order and yet somehow also the, the least uh, appropriately paid. Um, so thank you. Uh, I, I was in seventh grade. I, re- I remember it vividly. It was probably the worst year of my life, and I've had some doozies. <laughs> and so the thing that I remember about my seventh grade teachers now is that they probably did not feel like they were having a lot of success with me. They probably felt like, oh boy, this is a a lost cause and not getting any better through the course of the year. But now, I am here partly because of the generosity that they showed me in that year when I felt so alone and so scared um, and so so separate and distant from everyone. And so one of the hard things about being a teacher is a lot of times you don't know the impact that you're having until, uh, well, well, ever, because st- students are ungrateful and never come back and say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but you do have a huge impact, and it's a longitudinal impact. So if you're anything like my uh, s- uh, seventh grade English teacher, you know, like that person will be somebody I think about as long as I'm able to think. So thanks for doing that work. Dear Hank and John, this is from Devin who asks, Is it possible there is a two-dimensional being that can only see our movies and drawings but not us? Do you feel more pressure being the ambassadors to the two-dimensional world? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine what they would think of. Like they would, they would, they would be like, these people are nuts. Yeah, well, I like, mean, about, I think if like, they could th- see the whole thing, they would also feel the same it, prob- way. Probably, but you got to, you got to think, Hank. These are people who their interaction with humanity is like 30% Law and Order SVU because that's <laughs> at least 30% of two-dimensional screen images at any time are Law and Order SVU. They must be like, these people are monsters. <laughs> and no one, like, they're like, thank God we don't have to live in the three-dimensional world. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have veins. I don't know, I don't really, I'm not clear on how their bodies work. Uh, uh, look, Devin, I feel a lot of pressure to be ambassadors to all all sorts of beings. Mostly yeah. three-dimensional I'm uh, already, human ones. I'm already plenty stressed out about yeah. that. I'm, yeah. I'm stressed out. I'm trying to be ambassadors to all of you right now. There's a lot of you. I'm nervous. I have to pee all the time. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely someone in the audience who's not having fun. And I think about them all the time. Because like one person, it's uh, me. I know that's I'm that one. Yeah, I know you're trying, and I'm trying. So we're both we're, we're we're both in it together. It's just not happening. And I'm sorry. I just whoever you are, and hopefully there's only one of you, if there's a bunch of you, I'm I'm even more sorry. This next question comes from Maggie, whose <laughs> ambulance song is a little help from my friends by the Beatles. That's good. That's good, that'll get people to clear out of the way. It'll remind people that you're human and that they have obligations to other members of the social order, Good. that's a good strategy, Maggie. She writes, dear John and Hank, my fiance and I are in the midst of wedding planning and we're working on what details are most important to us. At your wedding, <laughs> what detail made you most feel most special? And what detail did you wish you had not spent so much time on? So Maggie, my uh, aunt and uncle are in the audience, My my wife's aunt and uncle, actually. But I think, of, I think of them as my aunt and uncle. I hope that doesn't bother you. <laughs> and Joe, so I have to answer this question in a somewhat circuitous way. But um, <laughs> when, I, when I arrived at my wedding, the first thing I said was, wow, look at all this stuff. <laughs> because I played no role. And I would say, I, 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 yeah, no, no role whatsoever. And so, every detail delighted me. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I felt like I was at a party that had been planned very well by someone else for me, which is the best kind of party. No, no one gets that, including me. Um, I, so, wedding invitations, I, I feel like we spent a lot of time thinking about yeah. and a lot of money on. Oh, God, yes. And every moment of time we spent thinking about them extra resulted in us spending more money. Like we were somehow convincing ourselves that mm-hmm. it mattered what kind of paper. This was a whole thing. Super thick. Did not, yeah, was oh. there, and the, the ink was raised, you could yes. like feel it when you yes. touched it. embossed. No, it was bad, all of it was bad. Uh, not bad, it was fine, it was great, but it was not necessary. That I think was the, the detail that I was like, why, why did we spend so much time thinking about paper? The thing that I think that we, we, was correct to spend the most time thinking about was the playlist. Oh, I was going to say the marriage. <laughs> I, feel like, I, I feel like there should be a rule for like every hour you spend wedding planning, you should spend an hour marriage planning. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's actually have a conversation about like oh, what this life together for the next 50 years will be like. Sarah and I had this real weird experience. Uh, we did a, a Catholic engaged encounter. We got married in a Catholic. Whoa, OK, they, we got a Catholic engaged encounter super fan. They know <laughs> do they know the story, or do they just know Catholic engaged encounters? It was really good. It was a really good experience. The Catholic it sounds like It sounds like something you would like a ride at Disneyland. The Catholic engaged encounter. It, it, it felt like that at times, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was in uh it was in a, a, a monastery in Alabama, and we were with other couples from Alabama, and it was a real education. It was just intense. I wept so many times, and the other guys, like, definitely, like, thought of me as a, as kind of an alien being. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember at one point, like, another guy was, like, he had his arm around me, and he was like, man, I don't know what's going on, but it's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's, like... Top Alabama mm-hmm. empathy. No, that yeah, was the emotional equivalent. connection at the top. That was the equivalent of him, like, whispering in my <laughs> ear, I know your pain, I see it, and I am with you in it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got to do a, a thing where we're going to have a, a few people stand up. There's a microphone, I think, right there. We're yeah. going to have a few people stand up. If we don't say your name, don't stand up. First, um, we'd like to have the following three people stand up and ask their questions. If you don't mind, ask the questions that you submitted, not some weird new question that's gonna stress me out. <laughs> First, we have Lauren, whose um, song is Barracuda by Heart. That's their nice. ambulance song. I've got one. This one's from Gemma, who's in seat 11E. It's a, this kind of card, so you don't have a song, sorry. Yeah, Gemma, if you could come up as well. And um, lastly, Kelly. <sighs> whose ambulance song is If Today Was Your Last Day by Nickelback. <laughs> I love it. I love the bravery in I, that. Kelly, that is one of the bravest things that I've ever seen. Yeah. I love the to embrace of a, the pop. To go to an internet gathering. Yeah. <laughs> and make it about, I love it, great. Who's first?
1: Hi, Hi. my name is Lauren.
0: How Hi Lauren, I, how's it going?
1: It's going good, this what, is awesome.
0: What's I know. Your, what's your question?
1: Um, Okay, so I work in, like, customer service at a bakery. Great. And I have this problem where people with different accents will come up, mm-hmm. and I will imitate their accent. Oh. How do I stop this?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, whoa, 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 our, ma- whoa, whoa, whoa. our mom has... I, I'm going I'm to need an example. <laughs> yeah, so, so, for example, okay. if, if Steve the Minotaur came in and was like, Hello, well, I would like some customer service, please. <laughs>
1: I'd say, have a nice day. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and Steve would be like, are you a (laughs) minute-all? By the way, if you wanna like, I Hank faked a British accent when we were kids for a year. It was practice. Imagine living all the time with Steve. Bad. It that was bad. that bad. It was that bad. It was, was, bad. That it was bad. not that bad. We would be at the at, at breakfast and you would say pass the butter but you would say pass the butter. <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> I can't. There was a very sort of like working class it was the most ridiculous. <laughs> I just thought it was cute. It wasn't. Uh I Warren, this reminds me of uh one time when my cousins and I went fly fishing and we had a very rough and burly fly fishing guide, and my cousin Mike introduced himself by saying, Name's Mike, damn glad to meet (laughs) you. And we all just looked at him like, Mike? (laughs) That's not we all know. It's a hard thing to do because you uh, start, you you know, like we're social beings, we like to mimic each other, we like to answer each other. So what I would recommend doing is leaning way the heck into it. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Going as hard into it as you can. And then when people are like, are you from Cardiff, being like, Yes. (laughs) Y- yes. <laughs> and just see how see how far you can just, go. See how long go. it lasts. fly your way through it. Other yeah. option. Other option. Instead, like sometimes I have a hard time remembering what my accent is after yeah. talking to somebody with another accent. Sure. Just go with a completely new one. Oh. If, you, <laughs> if you if they're southern, go go Cardiff. Uh, just be from Liverpool suddenly. And yeah. Yeah. Like because I can't I can't lock back in. Our mom has this problem. It's deep deep. Uh, we don't even want to. It's, it's deep. Deep. It's going to, we went to uh, the UK with my mom and she, she comes back and she's a Southern lady uh, with this very, very interesting American Southern British accent. Yeah. Yeah, it was deep. It sounded, it was, it was weird. I love her very much. And I know that she listens to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. She knows. She knows. Okay. We love you, mom. We have no we have no solutions for you. Uh, what are you Are you kidding? We solved the problem twice. Thank you, We have you, great Warren. solutions for Thank it. you. Thank <laughs> you.
1: Hello. Hello, I am the infamous Kelly. Oh, hi,
0: hi Kelly. Kelly. Yes,
1: hello. So, I have a problem I need your help with. Okay. My sister and I live in an apartment above a theater. It's a pretty small town, so it's a pretty small theater.
0: Is it brainerd? But- Say that again? Is it Brainerd?
1: It is not, oh. unfortunately. I'm sorry. It's in the opposite direction. We've got to okay. go a little farther south. But I don't know if anyone believes in paranormal stuff, but my sister and I have had some re- really weird experiences happen up there. Sure. We called in a paranormal investigation team. You called
0: team. in a paranormal investigation team. <laughs>
1: they, they caught evidence. Were they, were,
0: were they local?
1: They were local, yes.
0: They're like in your small city.
1: They are in the city next to us.
0: Oh, okay. okay, great. Yes. How big yes. is that city?
1: Rochester's about 100,000. Okay, 100,000. Rochester's a proper...
0: Yeah. Oh, Rochester's a proper city. Yes, yes, but
1: that's not my question. My question is, I'm scared easily. There's ghosts up there. How do I deal with them? Do I make friends with them? Do I fight them? Do I yell at them? What do I do with these darn annoying ghosts?
0: So you you live above a theater. That's strike one. Like, immediately you're like, maybe ghosts. We live above a theater. Most ghosts are above theaters. Yeah. Yeah. You know... Accidents happen, and when they do in a theater, it's very dramatic. It's just definitional. <laughs> then when you, then, then strike number two is some things happen. What's a thing that happened?
1: We heard a man coughing in the bathroom. Lights turn on and off, and I have those old shades that you pull down, and they've snapped up a couple times.
0: Mm. All right, all of those are pretty, that's strike two for sure. Strike three is you call in a paranormal investigation team, and they do the only thing they can do, which is say there's ghosts. Like, does, right. do, they, do they arrive very, someplace and, they, very and they're rarely like, no, no ghosts. Very rarely you get a negative review. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ghost- they did
1: provide us with evidence. We have voices uh, from the apartment. My sister has a phrase. She says, hey, Chica, all the time. So they caught a voice of a ghost saying, hey, Chica, like they're mimicking her.
0: Ooh. I think maybe you have really smart rats. <laughs> that have emphysema. I've heard her. Uh, yeah, I've heard her. they rat- don't like it dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh... The thing that you do in this situation is you live with the ghosts that you have to live with while you have to live with them. Um, And then over time, maybe you start to feel more comfortable in the space. Yeah. This is always the case. We are always, like, carrying with us whether... Experiential or, or not, like we are always carrying with us ghosts. So this is actually good practice for you because the rest of your life you will also be constantly haunted by other things. <laughs> and so but, the fact that you're learning how to live with this now, I would argue, is good news. That's great. That's great advice, John. You're My welcome. only other piece of advice is: can you get them to pay rent? <laughs> it's fault. a big problem. Yeah. Big problem with ghosts. Yeah, they're like they. You tell them how much rent is, and they're like that. Is enough to buy 45 horses. Yeah. Why would I pay that much? I could buy the entire theater for that amount. Right. They don't understand inflation, is the joke. So, yeah, no, we got it. I guess it's a great. It's, a, it's the best inflation joke of the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for you your all. question. Good luck with your ghosts. Gemma.
2: Hi. Yeah, I'm Gemma. So I'm a professional sword maker. Yeah. And I. <laughs> It's not as cool as it sounds, I promise.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not as cool as being a 7th grade teacher, but it's cool.
2: (laughs) So I just joined my parents' company. Um, They are also professional sword makers. Yeah, multi-generational. They've been in business for over, like, 30 years. They're really set in their ways. So my question is, as the the new employee, how do I update the image of swords? You know, how do I bring my own sword ideas to the sword company (laughs) while still respecting Mm. the...
0: So we need some big sword ideas. So this is the best question we've ever received. Yeah. I don't not, know. Not since we got a question from somebody who is a professional Pokemon card player, <laughs> have I been so impressed with someone's career. So I, I, I get the... What? Great. Uh, you don't have to tell us the name of the business if you don't want to.
2: It doesn't matter, uh, it's Omega Artworks.
0: Okay, great. Okay, so everybody get your swords from Omega Artworks. Um, They're local.
2: Please so, be suppo- nice, my mom be- answers all the emails. Yeah, okay, support, no. su-
0: <laughs> you know, support your local sword maker, that's what I always say when it comes to so- sword purchases. Um, you know, so- if you don't support the local ones, you're just gonna end up with just Amazon making your swords. <laughs> Just, just the big box swords. I think the obvious thing here is to try to make make them you know feel young and hip by incorporating stuff that young people are interested in into the sword itself—a a, a BTS sword, or some kind of a, a TikTok sword. Uh, yeah, there used to be swords for specific activities, right? There were like special swords for like dueling. So maybe the, you could make like a dabbing sword. <laughs> oh, I hope nobody got that on tape. No. For the, listener, for the listeners at home, I definitely didn't dab. <laughs> I don't know, sword dabbing does seem dangerous, but maybe it's what's coming. Maybe it's what's next. It seems to me, it's possible, Gemma, that you have your own ideas. Do you have your own ideas for how to hip up the swords? Uh, I
2: have, I have some ideas. Mostly, like right now, a lot of the sword designs, they really look like they're from the 80s. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know. 80s. Oh swords. yeah, I know what 80 swords look like. Yeah, <laughs> like at like Conan, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you want You want some some that are more like uh like like needle the the, the, yeah. the sword that Game on, on your Stark uses kind of swords. Sure, yeah.
2: I don't really know what a contemporary sword looks like, but <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, something.
0: Well, the cool thing is that over the next like ten or twenty years, you're going to invent the idea of a contemporary sword. Yeah, it's your job. <laughs> which is so beautiful. So in the end, I don't think we can help you except to say that you are already going to do this and we are excited to see how it goes. Thank Thank you, Gemma. (laughs) Which reminds me, John, that this podcast is brought to you by Omega Swordworks. (laughs) Omega Swordworks, swords both 80s and modern. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Target, or at least I would like it to be. And also, this podcast is brought to you by two day old underpants. Nope. Two day old nope. underpants available. Nope, 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 nope. God. Lastly, this podcast is brought to you by Ghost Inflation. Plus the tablets are plastic-free, Blueland is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blueland products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash DearHank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash DearHank to get 15% off. (laughs) Ghost inflation. It's real. (laughs) And now comes the part of the live show podcast where I ask John true or false questions, and then I get to tell him how wrong he is about stuff. Okay, lightning round, lightning round, go, go, go. Lightning round. Number one, a Texas firefighter who saved a farmer's piglets from a fire received a thank you present six months later. It was a package of sausages. True. That is true. Number 13, it happened. What? That's why they were saved. Number 13, the Italian dictator Mussolini had his people sell anti-Mussolini publications so that they could make money from dissidents before they arrested them. That's so good. True. False. Dang it. I've made it all up. Uh, Number 14. You're right. He's too pleased with himself to do that. The U.S. US Navy used to contract with a private defense contractor to produce controls for naval submarines, and they cost tens of thousands of dollars. Now they use Xbox controllers. True. True. Number 15. The creator of Fortnite holds the Guinness World Record for owning the most VHS copies of E.T. the Extraterrestrial. False. It is false. He does, however, own almost more land than anyone else in North Carolina. I did know that. He's a conservationist. It's great. In six... Did someone boo? It's a good... For good reasons. Just for clarity, he bought it to protect it. Number 16. In the 1980s, a marine biologist created an educational comic book called The Intertidal Zone that featured a sponge named Bob, and that marine biologist later went on to create SpongeBob SquarePants. False. True! True! Today I learned. (laughs) (laughs) Number 17, many doctors- What happened to the first 10? Uh, Oh. (laughs) You're like, number 11. (laughs) <laughs> We're the first. The numbers ten... don't matter. Okay, clearly. Number 17, go. Number 42, many <laughs> doctors still use beepers in hospitals because they're integrated oh. into software that could cost tens of thousands of dollars or tens of millions of dollars it's to replace. 100% true. False. They use beepers in hospitals because hospitals are often dead zones for cell phones. Oh, okay. Well, I know they still use beepers because Henry's friend's dad carries one. It beeps. Yeah. He beeps sometimes. He's a cardiologist. Number 302. I ask him a lot about my heart and he <laughs> says, Calm down. I'm not at work. Do I ask you to write me novels? <laughs> Number 302. Koalas yep. poop in their sleep. True? True! I sang a song about it on Vlogbrothers once. Oh, I forgot it. <laughs> we made a lot of videos. Number two, in the small town in Michigan where Larry Page grew up, there are hundreds of millionaires because his parents convinced the town that Google would be a big deal. Uh, true. False, but there is a town in Florida where there are hundreds of millionaires because some guy in the depression convinced them all to buy Coca-Cola stock. Most of this episode got got, but a, the little bit at the end made it so that it. I, I have to record my own outro, so get ready for that. Thank you for listening. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunametish. It's produced by Rosiana Halls Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. It's a co-production of Complexly and WNYC Studios. Our head of community and communications is Victoria Bongiorno And the music that you hear at the beginning of the podcast and the end of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. Thank you. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget to be awesome.